Welcome to Mr. Vanner's History Podcast. This is, I believe, episode five. I should have looked beforehand. I didn't write. I didn't write down any notes for this episode because it's kind of a last-minute one that a student asked me about as we were leaving school today. So I said that I would try to get it done tonight because my eighth-grade students, you are having a quiz tomorrow, and you'll be working on a writing assignment on factory workers and um, slavery. So the the topic of this podcast is going to be not just one topic. It's going to be factory workers versus slaves. Now, that doesn't mean that they're fighting one another. It's not like they're fighting or playing one another in, in a match like it, like the Yankees versus the Mets or something, something like that. This is factory workers versus slaves, meaning who had a worse life? Who had it worse? And the knee-jerk reaction, meaning like right away people are like, oh my God, slaves did. And that's part of it. And I understand where that's coming from. And I certainly don't want to make it sound like slaves didn't have it bad if I were to suggest that maybe factory workers had it just as bad or perhaps worse in some regards. So I'm not saying one group had it worse than the other. What I'm saying when I ask who had a worse life is we often think we know what we're talking about when it comes to a topic, but we really don't because we need to always dig deeper. If you have a question about something and you get an answer, you should never be happy with the answer you get. You should always ask more questions. Now, that doesn't mean questioning your parents or or, or people like that. What it means is if there's something really bothering you and you want to know more about it, you ask a question and you get an answer, if the answer doesn't seem right, ask more or, or, or look elsewhere or ask another person. So when we look at factory workers in the 1800s during the Industrial Revolution, we're looking at people who are mainly working in the north. That's where most of our industry was. And if you are one of my students, you know that the northern factories relied heavily on cotton from the southern states. And England, uh, the British or English factories, also relied on cotton from the southern states. That brings up another topic, but of course related when people, historians and others, argue that even though the north had abolished slavery, New Jersey being one of the last states to completely do that, even though the north had abolished slavery, the North still benefited from slave labor. For example, and, and again, I'm, I'm, for those of you who've been paying attention in class, which I would hope is, mo- is all of you who are listening to this, you know that the ability to get cheap cotton allowed for Northern factories to charge a cheaper price for the products they made. So they were able to make a profit, higher profit. If the Southerners had to pay their slaves, they would have to charge more for their cotton. So northern factories would either have to buy less or they would have to charge their customers a higher price for the finished product, like the shirt or whatever was made from cotton, the dress or something like that. Excuse me, I'm thirsty. If you hear noises with my microphone, I'm playing with the gain. I don't know what the gain is, G-A-I-N, on the back of this it's called a Blue Yeti microphone. So 
if anybody knows about that the gain let me know if you notice a difference in my voice or anything like that you may hear the cars going by outside you know I live on that main road toward the beach in brick there's always traffic on this road so if you hear the cars it's because I'm sitting by the window I'm not in my office right now um, so getting back to where we were northern factories benefited from southern cotton people say that the north was then implicit complicit I don't know the right word at this point right now it's, I've been up since four o'clock this morning tank has me up my dog has me up since four o'clock this morning so the north is implicit complicit in the slave trade and slavery because they benefited from southern cotton but let's look at the workers tomorrow I know you might be accessing this at a different time and maybe in a couple days or months or hopefully even years but if you if you're in my class tomorrow uh, February 20 was it tomorrow the 25th we are going to be working on a short writing assignment where you're going to look at the slideshows we've talked about what we've discussed in class as a group some of the do nows and two short videos on life of a slave, life of a factory worker, and you're going to decide what you think just based on the information you have who had a worse life. And again, it's not like you're picking sides. It's just looking, diving deeper into something you may not have thought before. I know, I think I know where most of you will go with this. Like I think where I know where most of you will side who had a worse life, slaves or factory workers, but I'm not going to tell you I'll see what you say tomorrow, and then in the next podcast episode, I'll tell you what I'll tell you what I thought, and if my if my prediction was correct. Maybe what I'll do so that you know I'm not cheating is in the morning I'll grab somebody and I'll tell them what my prediction is, just so that you know that I'm not just making it up. So let's get let's get into this. I only like to keep these podcasts between like ten and fifteen minutes each, at least for the beginning anyway. Um, you know what slavery is. Slavery is holding a person in bondage against his will in exchange for labor, and they get housing and food and whatever. But that's not guaranteed. It's not like they're signing a contract. Slaves are purchased. Slaves are property. At least the slavery we're looking at when we look at what was practiced in the United States and in, the, in almost the entire country at some point there are states that never had slavery because they became states after slavery was already abolished but the original states had slavery to some degree at some point um, if you were a slave you were owned by your master they would keep a ledger I don't know if you know what a ledger is today people keep track of things online like if you like your parents, some parent your parent your parents may keep bank accounts like a book where if they put money in the bank they add it in a book and if they take money out they subtract it. I still do that because I'm old fashioned. I also do it online as well. But a ledger is when you keep track of like your money. Like you write down, I got pay. You add a thousand dollars into your into your bank account. You go to the grocery store, you subtract a hundred dollars, and you write it all down in a book. That's, it's called a ledger. Slave owners would have had ledgers, books where they would have had their slaves' names written down, names that the slaves were often not given themselves. They certainly weren't their, their um, family names from back in Africa or wherever they came from. They were names that were at some point given to them by whoever owned them. 
often if they had a quote last name it would be the last name of their owner so you have your slaves names written down in a ledger you have maybe a description an age or an approximate age sometimes you bought a slave and you didn't know exactly how old they were because they didn't keep birth certificates the way we do and you have their value that's the most important thing the value of a slave also equally important would be maybe in that ledger you have a description of the slave if they've got like whip marks on their back like scars that meant that they had gotten in trouble before for maybe running away or mouthing off to their pre previous owner if you bought that slave from somebody else so you maybe would have the description in the ledger like where you keep your slaves names and what they're worth their value my point is just like people today keep a ledger with the money they have in the bank or maybe if you have a nice fancy house with a lot of valuable antiques you have everything written down I have a lot of antiques in my house so I have a little book where I have it written down what I have and how much it's worth people wrote that down in ledgers but they were recording the value of other human beings and we're not talking about their value of human beings as as a person we're all of value as people I don't know what your beliefs are and, and it's I guess none of my business but we are all children of the same God we are all worth the same not one per one person is not worth more than anybody else but under slavery these people were given monetary value you are worth X amount of dollars whatever the that variable may be if you were a young strong virile man you might be worth two thousand dollars if you were an older woman you might be worth two hundred dollars you had an actual value and that's the sad part about slavery one of them I, I know that it's sad that families were separated children were separated from their parents that is that is sad but I think what's the saddest part of slavery is that people put a monetary value a money value on another human being if you think about this even my eighth graders you guys are younger than my college students you understand how horrible that is that a person is worth more money than somebody else it almost makes you sick but that's what slavery was and you know I'm not trying to make people feel bad or feel sad by by saying these things but this is history we sometimes have to confront things that are very difficult to talk about but Slavery is when one person owns another person. It, it, there's much more to it than that. Slaves did not have rights. Slaves did not have um, freedoms. There were laws that protected slaves in that um, I know there were states where um, owners could discipline their slaves, like beat their slaves, but only to a certain point. Um, there were laws in some places where owners could not separate families if the children were too young and so on but first of all people didn't always follow the law like people don't always follow the law today and also even though slaves rights i say rights in quotes may have been protected to some degree they could still be bought and sold at any time like sold away from their home the home that they knew if you're born on a plantation in in georgia or, or somewhere and that's all you know for the 20 years of your life and at 21 years old your master sells you to somebody in North Carolina you've got to go it doesn't matter you might be the only one sold every other person in your life that you know you are leaving them behind because it's not like you know other people outside of your plantation because remember we talked about that in class the slave codes 
Slaves, for example, had to have a pass from their master to leave the plantation. So it's not like slaves were well-traveled. They may have been well-traveled if they went places with their master. But so if you're sold at a certain age, you might have traveled other places, but you only really know the people who live on the plantation. You've got no freedom. Um, let's get to factory workers. You might think, well, there's no comparison. A factory worker, they go for a job, they get hired. That's nothing like being a slave. We've got to look at the time period. We're looking at a time period of the Industrial Revolution in the 1800s. Whether you're in England or the United States is very similar, if not the same. And, I mean, in some regards, they got their act together before we did, like they usually do. Um, they also abolished slavery before we did. But <clears throat> if you're a factory worker, factories were built and goods were made very quickly and very cheaply. That put other people out of work. So if you have a factory that makes like saddles for horses in a factory, you're making them quickly and cheaply, much quicker and much cheaper than a single person working in their shop can make them. So the shopkeepers go out of business. So a lot of them would get jobs working in a factory. So if you were a woman who's a dressmaker or a man who's a dressmaker, they had tailors back then who were men who were made make dresses. Um, that whole um, idea of uh, women only making women's clothes, that, that's, that's nonsense. Men made women's clothes and women made men's clothes. If you were a tailor, you were a tailor or a seamstress, you made both. So if you're a man who makes dresses or a man who makes clothes, instead of working in your own shop, you now go and work for a factory. But that factory owner, boss, they know you need that job. They know you need that work. They know that if you don't have that paycheck at the end of the week, your children will starve at some point. So are you not a slave to your paycheck? You are a slave to your paycheck if you are a factory worker working at that time. Could you leave? Yes. But not if you signed a contract. What if you signed a contract to work at that factory for five years? You couldn't leave after three years. You weren't allowed to do that. If you and your family signed on to work at that factory, you and your wife and your children, because you guys know, if you're in my class, there was child labor. There's child labor now. But you know there was child labor. If you signed on to work for five years, and let's say the man died in those five years, it could be possible that the wife and children have to serve and work in that factory for more use to make up for the loss of labor from the husband. It was very much like the old indentured servitude where you'd sign up for seven years, somebody would pay for your your passage to the new world and maybe like three to seven years, you'd have to work that off. If you were a family doing that and one of the family members died, the other people had to make up your time. It could be like that in a factory depending on the contract that you sign. So slaves were slaves for life unless their owners freed them or could, they could buy their freedom. But many people argue, and I argue this as well, weren't factory workers slaves to their paychecks, which they needed to feed their families. Factories were not nice places to work. They were horrible. It's not like people enjoyed working there. Now, I say that, I have to be careful saying that because 
I don't want to make it. I always tell you guys not to judge the past by, by how we view things today. So no, I don't want to do that myself. People back then didn't know what it was like to live today. They didn't know the labor-saving devices we have and the, the rights that people have and so on. So it's hard to compare. It's not like people back then had a choice of working in a factory or working in a job like we do today. Jobs were very, very different. And people um, did not have the upward mobility that we have. What that means is if you were born poor back then, you were pretty much going to stay poor. That's not the case anymore. Now, there's no guarantee that you're going to become rich or middle class. But back then, that was much less possible than it is now. So getting back to the point, slaves are slaves. They're owned. They're property. Factory workers are slaves to their paycheck. They're getting paid very little money for a lot of work. And there were no laws governing how much they should be paid, how, all, how long their hours were, and so on. So people will argue that the lives of factory workers were, not, if not the same, worse than slaves because if you were a slave, yes, you could be beaten. So could a factory worker. Factory workers could be physically abused. If you, if you don't do the work that you're supposed to do, if you leave your station too early, you could get smacked around, you can get beaten. There was nothing, there was nothing that said you couldn't do that. If you got hurt on the job, I know I gave this example, but say a man got his arm caught in a machine, they would pull you out, you're, you're, you could bleed out and die. They do nothing for you. Now, speaking honestly, many factories had funds. A fund is like, today they have like GoFundMe, like somebody needs money, they might like raise it that way. They would have like a, their version of a GoFundMe, where maybe every month or so on, um, factory workers would put in like a dollar into a fund like a bank account. And owners, factory owners, would, would also contribute to that. So if men did get hurt or women or children, their families would have something. But there was nothing that said they had to do that. So that means that there were many factories who had nothing for their employees who got hurt. They just got fired. You come into work, you get hurt, you get fired. And there are people who will take your job because their farms are, are not they're not running anymore. They can't afford to keep up their farms, so they'll do anything to keep milk and bread on their tables for their children. That is slavery. That is slavery to a paycheck. It's not slavery whereas the person is considered property, but if I own a factory and I have 100 workers and they've signed contracts with me to work for five years, and the next factory in the next town over... Let's say they want to buy the contracts of my workers. I can do that. I can sell the contracts of my workers to another factory owner. How is that not slavery? It is. The difference is you could get out. You could get out. Well, you could get out of slavery too. If you were a slave living, for example, in the South, if you could save enough money, do some side jobs, your, your master lets you do side work, save some money, you buy your freedom, it would take you forever. So just think about that and think about this. Slaves had a monetary value. I could, if you, I've got a, about 100 students, about 140 students if I could count my college students. If I own you and, and I'm your master and you're all my slaves, right, I could sell all of you anytime I want. You're of value to me. I don't want you hurt. 
I don't want your arm mangled in a machine. You know, we talked about the cotton gin, right? That machine that came out where the slaves would turn the crank and would separate the cotton from the seeds. What if your arm got caught in that and you were a slave? I don't want that to happen. I'm going to make sure that you know how to use that machine and that you're doing it safely because you are a value to me. But if you're a factory worker, you're nothing to me because there are other people that I could hire to do your job, maybe even for less money. And to move on to our next one of our next topics, immigrants are moving into America. The Irish are moving in in the 1840s. They will work for almost nothing. So if you're an American worker and you get you get hurt on the job, there's like 10 Irishmen lined up who will take your job. You mean nothing to your factory owner. Whereas as a slave, you have value. They don't want you hurt. They don't want you malnourished. That doesn't mean they give you good food to eat. That doesn't mean that they care about you or love you. It means that you have a value. Factory workers often had no value because there was somebody else who could do that job who was just outside that door waiting for a job at a factory. So you've just got to put this into perspective. Again, I'm not going to tell you um, who I think had a worse life. And again, I, I hate I hate saying who had it worse because it just makes it sound so too objective because you're talking about human beings, people, right? They're, they're dead for a long time, these people, but they lived just like we live now. They had value just like we do now, but they weren't always treated that way. So as always, if you have any questions, please let me know. Um, I know I have a list of suggested topics for this podcast. My goal now that I'm kind of in a rhythm with this, and I know that a lot of you are listening to it because I hear you're listening to it in school or you tell me you listen to it. Um, I'm going to try to upload episodes more, more frequently so I'll be able to get to the ones that you suggested and also keep on top of what we're talking about in class. In addition, um, like I said in the beginning with this podcast, please share it with your, your, your friends, your family, your parents. I have a couple parents following the, the Instagram account I made. I say, I'm, you, you guys help me make it. I, I can't take credit. You guys show me how to do that whole thing. Um, and that's complete. I, I welcome anybody because really history is not just for, for students. It's for anybody. Um, so as always, email me if you have any questions or if you're in my classes, ask me. Mr. Banner's History Podcast at gmail.com. I will also, I meant, I wanted to upload this to my YouTube as well with my camera on, but uh, I'm at home and I'm just wearing a, a lazy old sweatshirt. I, I didn't want to look like a, like a, like a, um, like a slob on, on my YouTube channel. So that's why we're just doing a uh, voice this time. I will get back to doing YouTube channels as well. I really liked, some of you liked what I did last time when I did the French Revolution. I recorded myself on YouTube and the podcast at the same time. So I was able to upload both. I will do that in the future if, if that's good. All right. So I'll talk to everybody tomorrow. Maybe I'll have you listen to this a little bit tomorrow before you have your quiz if you're my eighth graders. If you're listening to this five years from now, I'm sure history hasn't changed, just our perceptions have. So please reach out to me if you have any questions or suggestions.